Bloomberg Radio. From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you. It is six minutes after five as we bring you our concatenation of information sources and a little fun along the way, we hope. As much as possible, Jack Harris, Katie Bacino, and James Berlander. And you can join us, 800-969-9352. We would like to hear from you. And you can text us at any time at 82945. Just begin your text with the um, call letters WFLA. And a couple of the folks we're going to be talking to today, uh, T. Crass from the sports station down the hall, WDAE, is going to be joining us here a little later to talk about the slide of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, as you heard, of course, they lost to the Jays yesterday. They've lost 10 out of their, well, let's see, they've lost 8 out of the last 10 games. And um, they're really having a bad time now. I mean, they've been playing like crap lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just flushing these games right down the toilet. Yes, indeed. Uh, And out of 30 teams, they're the 12th best out of 30 teams. And they're third in their division and heading to Detroit uh, tomorrow night. They play again this afternoon. They have a noon game today. Maybe that'll help. Maybe they play better in the afternoon. But uh, they go to Detroit tomorrow through Sunday. They got a four-game series there. But they are having a bad time right now, for sure. And, of course, the closer you get to the end of the season, the more important that is. They've got plenty of time to pull it out now, but it would have been nice to have – a couple of victories over the Jays. Oh, yeah. Whom they're behind in the division right now. They uh, play them again tonight. It's only a two game series. And then they got a four game series with uh, Detroit. But anyway, all that's happening. And also, uh, later on this morning, we've got Daniel James Scott, our WFLA tech expert. And he's going to be talking about Wi Fi probing. Uh, which exposes smartphone users, which is all of us, to tracking and information leaks. And once again, people getting into our cell phones, we've talked about that so much and how these things are listening to you and following you all the time. And not only that, we think about all the data we give our smartphones and social media in general. Oh, yes. So we're volunteering it all. We're definitely doing that. Uh, You know, one of the things we've talked about on our blog is trends people miss the most from the 90s. And one of these is we didn't have social media back then. We didn't have our smartphones and stuff like that. We had flip phones back then. Right. We weren't volunteering what we were doing at every waking moment of the day. But it's amazing. Live on Bayshore and... Uh, look out the window, and I, I like to watch the joggers and the walkers and everybody out there. Yeah. And about half of them all the time are on their cell phones while they're walking or even running. We're addicted to them. 
know. And I'm thinking, what are they looking at while they're walking or running or whatever the case may be? And there'll be like a couple, two people, a man and a woman, and I assume they're married or boyfriend and girlfriend, and yet they're both on their phones. Oh, yeah, it's sad. I mean, even going out to dinner, you see families all on their phones, ignoring yep. their kids. The kids are on the phones. No one no one knows how to socially interact anymore, and it's sad. Yeah, that is amazing. You go to dinner and sit there and look around at all the tables, and everybody's on the phones. I've heard you're guilty of it, Jack. Well, occasionally. <laughs> Every now and then, but joy won't let me get away with it. It's 510 on AM Tampa Bay, and... Let's check out the uh, asphalt jungle here now with John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 514, Chris Trankman in here from the newsroom. And what's up this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Tampa police looking for the people who stole more than $100,000 worth of jewelry. They were seen stealing the stuff on security cams. A fourth person was waiting for them outside in a getaway car. This happened at the Diamond Galleria in the Citrus Park Town Center. And officials are asking for anybody who saw these guys to come forward. Hmm. And you wonder how they sell that jewelry. I mean, the jewelry is useless to them unless they want to wear a lot of jewelry. But they've got to sell it somewhere in order to make money on it. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of eBay listings. Well, it yeah. certainly is, to <laughs> say the least. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Jack. I mean, uh, I think some of these folks, though, uh, are willing to take the risk. I, I remember seeing some video, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, of some guys who tried to do the same thing, you know, one of those smashing grabs, and they couldn't break the, the jewelry case, couldn't get the stuff because the glass was too tough. Maybe yeah. that's the solution. But uh, in this case, they, they got away with quite a few... Yeah, uh, items. Jewelry stores are now uh, making those cases much, much harder. I remember hearing about that yeah. a long time ago to keep people from smashing and grabbing. Absolutely. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because, you know, usually when it's done, it's just one person and somebody does it and grabs something that they want to give to a girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. But... So, Jack, reaction from the sports world is pouring in following the death of legendary baseball broadcaster Vin Scully. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles Dodgers confirmed his passing at the age of 94. And you're hearing from all kinds of stars out there in L.A., Magic Johnson and LeBron James and some of the others. Uh, Many regard him as possibly the greatest baseball announcer ever. He was definitely, if not the greatest, he was certainly right there at the top yeah and i had a chance to meet him spend a little time with him many many years ago and you know i was trying to think of that about why he was here and i think it might have been a super bowl but i'm not even sure because i remember seeing him down on the field and I mean, it was for a football game. It wasn't for baseball. Yeah, he, he did call some other sports as well. Yeah. Uh, and he did, of course, the NBC national TV broadcasts uh, for baseball for many years uh, back in the uh, 80s and I think into the 90s. But the thing about Scully here in Florida, Jack, is, you know, the, the Dodgers, before they moved to Los Angeles, were the Brooklyn Dodgers, and their spring yeah. training was over in Vero. Yeah. And Vero Beach, uh, you know, fans got to see the Dodgers 
play every year, and during the regular season, they would run the Dodgers Major League Baseball games on the radio over there, so people could hear Vin Scully calling the the actual Dodgers games yeah, all true. season long. Uh, and of course, you know the Dodgers moved to uh, Los Angeles. They stayed in Vero for for decades as a spring training destination, but I guess eventually they decided it made more sense to move their training out west. So they're no longer in yeah. Vero, but now, for a long time, you know, he was part of the tradition here in Florida. Yes, Florida being the spring training for teams in the east and the ones out west, Arizona. Yeah, but back in those days, Jack, that was the first team to move out west. Uh, the Brooklyn team, yeah. and in many ways, they were sort of in a, a sports desert. I mean, if you looked at the lineup of all the Major League Baseball teams, you had all these teams here in the in the East, and then some in the Midwest, and then this team way out in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, and uh, San Francisco got a team. Yeah, that's all changed in years since then. But uh, Scully was one of the first to go out there and, and be part of the West Coast of baseball, and you know, he he goes back far enough that he was in New York during all those great years when they were in the World Series. Oh, yeah, for sure. I so, did see Brooklyn lose them. I remember when that happened, and yeah. I thought, you know, I mean, just think of the Brooklyn team as such a classic. Yeah, and they had that cool the stadium there right yeah. there in the city. Yeah, it was a nice uh, alternative, I think, to, you know, the, the Yankees, which seemed to get all the attention because of, you know, their great teams and the big stars they had. But, you know, remember, Jack, I mean, uh, baseball in New York was, uh, you know, the center of the world. Oh, it sure was. They had three teams there at one point in time. And so, uh, you know, that's all changed as the country grew out and and cities became bigger on the West Coast. Uh, They snatched them away from New York and moved them out West. Vin Scully, though, is just a great announcer to listen to because he would tell stories, you know, about not just about baseball, but about things things going on in the market or, or things he saw in the community. I mean, it's just a really interesting broadcaster to listen to because, as you know, Jack, baseball is one of those sports where a lot of the time is spent talking about everything but the game itself. Oh, yeah. they got I mean, a lot of downtime it's there. It's slow talking. I've, uh, you know, I've done a lot of sports broadcasting, and baseball I've only done a couple of times and, yeah. again, you just got so much time to fill. Well, and, you know, he would do it by himself. You know, here are the Rays broadcasters. At least they've got two guys on there to talk yeah. to each other. Imagine just sitting there all day, you know, for hours on end on a double header where you're the only broadcaster. You know, I mean, that's, that's, quite a, that's quite a skill to have. And not just be uh, the only broadcaster, but be the best one of all time. He was that. So a bill expanding health care benefits for veterans is now headed to President Biden's desk. It was passed in the Senate. The PACT Act helps vets who've been exposed to toxic burn pits overseas. Now, this was a big controversy, Jack, because it looked like this was going to sail through initially. Republicans decided to block the measure last week. They claimed it was too expensive and there were a lot of problems with the cost controls. But that led to a, a bunch of protests. And I don't know you know the comedian John Stewart. He was leading a, 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 a demonstration on the steps of the Capitol demanding that these senators reverse course. Now, I, I was surprised that the Republicans were the ones doing this to our veterans. I mean, they're usually the biggest supporters of our veterans. Yeah. I think what happens, Jack, sometimes is you get so caught up in, in trying to make the other guy look bad. You know, there's this sense that you need to do whatever it takes to, to block a win for President Biden. 
And sometimes that's at the expense of people who really need one of these laws to get passed. Oh, they we do. Our veterans do. And I mean, even Agent Orange included in that back from the days in Vietnam. Absolutely. And I had a, a buddy that was a victim of that, the Agent Orange thing. Yeah. Now, here in Florida, Marco Rubio is the uh, senior senator, and he uh, was the uh, supporter of the bill. Uh, he had introduced it along with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand out of uh, New York. So it was a bipartisan effort. Yeah. Rick Scott, though, was one of the ones who flipped and voted against it, and then he flipped back and voted for it. And so, you know, you can see where the politics are playing there. But uh, Rubio, on the other hand, was for it from the beginning. So we had sort of a split on that on the Republican senators from Florida. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's hope they get it all together and get it done here for well, it's going to get signed so that's the good news yeah for sure chris will have more coming up here in about eight minutes thank you chris thanks jack it's five twenty-two on am tampa bay and let's check in now with john thomas and traffic south tampa live from the wfla studios this is am tampa bay with jack harris on news radio wfla it's 525 on AM Tampa Bay, and if you want to chime in here, give us a call at 800-969-9352. Of course, the big story which developed over the past day here is House Speaker Nancy Pelosi traveling to Taiwan, and she did it late yesterday, becoming the highest-ranking American official in 25 years to visit the now self-ruled island claimed by China. And uh, China, of course, has announced that it would conduct military maneuvers in retaliation for her presence. I'll tell you what, I would have been afraid to take that flight to Taiwan. You know, we've got audio, Jack, of, of uh, Pelosi explaining why she went to Taiwan, if you want to hear it. Yeah, if you've got it, let's hear it. All right, here we go. Today, our delegation, which I'm very proud, came to Taiwan to make unequivocally clear we will not abandon our commitment to Taiwan, and we are proud of our enduring friendship. Yeah, and that's amazing that she took that trip because of the threats from the Chinese at the time. And obviously, they've got a strong military capability, and they did engage in a lot of military activities. As a result, they had a series of operations and drills, and they they had promised resolute and strong measures that Pelosi went through with her visit. Oh, yeah. And a lot of folks were thinking, you know, let's hope that plane doesn't get shot down. Um, but she went through with a visit. Oh, yeah. And I've got to credit her with that. You know, what's sad is China thinks that they can rule the world, that they know what's best. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we're trying to obviously avoid getting into a conflict with China, uh, even though we do obviously have problems with them. But the uh, People's Liberation Army said that there would be maneuvers taking place starting last night in the waters and skies near Taiwan and include the firing of long-range ammunition in the Taiwan Strait, which they engaged in. And uh, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi said Washington's, what they called betrayal on the Taiwan issue, is 
bankrupting its national credibility. Um, and back in the U.S., 26 Republican lawmakers issued a statement of rare bipartisan support for the Democrat speaker. Uh, and the statement called trips by members of Congress to Taiwan routine. And apparently, um, well, also, this happened back in 1991. Pelosi traveled to Tiananmen Square. This was two years after China had crushed a wave of democracy protests there. So she is a very daring lady. There's no doubt about that. That really surprised me. Yeah, that's why she's lasted so long in Congress. I guess that's right. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. AggieTax.com. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. And at 537, Katie is out today, but uh, James, you've got some yeah, you got trending me today. stories. Yeah, I'm no Katie Bacino, but you know. Not by a long <laughs> well, I'll do my best. So, Jack, we are celebrating a food that is both a fruit and a vegetable. Do you have any idea what that food is? A fruit and a vegetable. Yeah. I don't know, but it sounds like I'm not going to like it. Uh, well, I, I think you will. We're celebrating National Watermelon Day today. Oh, watermelon. I which love Which is delicious. So, yeah, it's both a fruit and a vegetable. You could also eat uh, watermelon rind and seeds, which I always thought, you know, if you get a seed, it's going to grow like a watermelon in your belly or something. Oh, no. I spit seeds out and try to eat around them. Yeah, and also a great thing about watermelon juice, it can relieve muscle soreness. Huh. So go out and grab a watermelon today. Well, I didn't realize that was a vegetable. Yeah, n- neither did I. But I'm according like, according to, uh, I, and I quoted Wikipedia and a couple of different sources, it is fruit and a vegetable. Well, I might have to quit eating watermelon. <laughs> also, um, Pharma Bro trending today. He is uh, currently on house arrest, but pretty soon he is uh, sourcing dates online. So that way he could have a whole line of women lined up. So immediately, once he gets off a of house arrest, just goes out, has some fun, and he's promising them a gift bag as well if they go on a date with him. Now, who is this? Now, this is uh, Martin Screlly, also known as Pharma Bro. He's the guy who jacked up all the medication costs uh, when he had bought uh, the rights to the medication. I believe it was uh, cancer drugs. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Mm. Also, we have a woman shocked to find uh, some things hiding in her luggage. Uh, Tira Hilf Gesundel, uh returned to her home in Austria from a uh, Croatian vacation to a shocking discovery lurking in her luggage. Inside her bags were 18 scorpions who had apparently stowed themselves away for the ride. Can you imagine opening up your uh, your luggage, finding 18 scorpions? Wow, I certainly can't. Absolutely. I can't imagine getting them through TSA. Yeah. Yeah, I... I uh wouldn't want to do that. And also, lastly, a local story trending here. Uh, Jennifer Michelle didn't take kindly to people coming to her home and trying to evict her. After getting a ring doorbell alert, Michelle saw two Pasco County sheriff off, uh, sheriff deputies and a locksmith trying to drill through her lock. Uh, speaking through the doorbell speaker, she asked, you know, what the hell are you doing? And they responded that they were uh, there to serve an eviction, which was news to Michelle as she owns uh, the place. The deputies uh, regrouped and soon realized they were at the wrong house. Oh, brother. So they broke her lock. They did promise her a new lock, at least. Well, I hope so. Yeah. And I hope they uh, are going to 
give her a little more than that for what they did. Yeah, I would hope so. At least some flowers growing. or something. Hmm. We'll be checking in here with T-Crash on the downfall of the Rays coming up here, among other things, in just a minute. It's 540 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 544 on AM Tampa Bay, and joining us now is Tom Krasnicki, T-Crash, they call him, down the hall from the Ronnie and T-Crash show, <laughs> our sports authority here. And we were talking earlier about, again, the Rays lost last night, and they have lost eight out of the last ten, and they're taking a big nosedive. They sure are, Jack, and good morning to you. It's good to see you back. And look, offensively, they're really struggling. I mean, you're not going to win many games by scoring zero or one run a game, which is what we've been seeing over the second half of the season. I mean, the pitching's been fine. They won out. They got a couple of guys at the deadline who can play the outfield, which is what they needed. They also need Juan DeFranco to come back at some point and Harold Ramirez to come back, too. I mean, those are two big bats that they're sorely missed in that lineup. Yeah, and you wonder when they're going to turn it around. At this point, I mean, they're the 12th best record out of, I mean, you're talking 30 teams in Major League Baseball, and we're all the way down at number 12 and number three in our own division. And you look at that and think, uh, well, I hope we make the playoffs. Well, the good news here, Jack, is they're right there. They have the third wild card. So if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. So they're just keeping their head above water until they can get some of these injured guys back. And look, when you have so many guys like the Rays have had on the injured list, as many as 17 guys have been on that injured list, which is unheard of. I mean, no other team has gone through that type of attrition. So hopefully some of these guys can get back, and they need them back really, really soon because <laughs> they, they need to start winning games here because they, they, they have other teams like Cleveland. Cleveland's a game back, and believe it or not, Baltimore is in the wild card chase. They are oh, yeah. greatly improved from last year. They're only a game and a half back, so they have a game at 12-10 today against Toronto, who beat the Rays last night. They have to beat Toronto today. Oh, yeah, big time. And then they um, head up to Detroit to take on the Tigers in a four-game series. And that's good news there because the Tigers are dreadful. They're 42-63, and 63, so they have nothing to play for. They made a couple of trades. They sold off some guys. So the Rays have to go up there and try and take three out of four. Yep. Let's hope they can get her done because, I mean, we got a lot of season left, obviously, but uh, it's time they start making a move here. The um, I want to, Another thing I wanted to bring up, I was just wondering if, this weekend, when was it? This weekend or Friday, I think, might have been the uh, congressional baseball game. Did you by any chance see that? I did not, actually, no. We ended up watching that thing or watching a lot of it, not the whole game, and it was a GOP blowout. <laughs> it's just funny to see those old geezers running around there, and they have to bring in – they had a couple of women they brought in Whenever a guy would get a single and get on first, they would bring in a runner for him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they, they, they have any dialysis breaks in between innings for the seventh <laughs> inning stretch or anything? They needed something like that for sure. It was incredible to watch that thing and just see those old fellers out there trying to 
played baseball. He had a couple of pretty good ones, but beyond that, and the pitching wasn't that bad for old geezers, but it was funny when they tried to run the bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard you and Chris talking about the, the late, great Vince Scully, who we just lost and passed away at the age of 94. Oh, yeah. What an unbelievable broadcaster he was. I mean, I grew up watching... You know, the Saturday game of the week, pull up a chair, you know, join us while you can. So uh, he was awesome. And look, being a Mets fan that I am growing up, I mean, his call of game six of the 1986 World Series was epic. Yeah. And I, as I was saying earlier, I had a chance to meet him and spend a little time with him. I can't remember why he was in town. And I'm guessing it might have been for Super Bowl or something like that because it's a big weekend around here and you get a lot of sports figures in town in town but he was just really a nice guy and um just glad to have been able to spend a little time with him that's awesome hey what about the bucks having to work in this heat yeah we were out there the last two mornings doing our show from out there you know the team looks good i mean they lost center ryan jensen they're gonna have to try and figure that out they got a young guy right now trying to fill in and they're gonna give him a couple of weeks and if he doesn't show progress i think they might go out and get a veteran but so far so good the one guy jack who's looking really good to me is julio jones whom they just signed Used to play for the Falcons, has been one of the best receivers, now at the age of 33. You know, a lot of people are saying, can he stay healthy? Has he lost something? He looks healthy so far, and he looks really good in camp. Well, let's hope so. And uh, we'll be hearing you down the hall here, the Ronnie and T-Crash show at 95.3 WDAE and on AM at 620. Thanks, T-Crash. Thanks, Jack. Always great to see you, buddy. My pleasure. It's 5.49, time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Jack, Katie, and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're awaiting Roy O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter, to give us the uh, latest on the big primaries that were held yesterday in five different states and of course what people were watching is how did donald trump's endorsement folks fare and i think we've got him here now and this report's brought to you by the oncology institute and rory thanks for being on board here this morning and um we were just talking about how did uh, the donald trump endorsed candidates do in the uh, elections yesterday. Well, good morning, Jack. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, in Washington State, not so well. But you go to places like Michigan, and uh, the Republican freshman congressman who crossed over and voted for the second impeachment of President Trump, uh, he got ousted in his primary, uh, the freshman congressman Peter Meyer. Uh, now, the person who ousted him in the primary uh, is a Trump supporter who also had the support of the Democratic Party there, uh, spending, I think, almost a half million dollars to help him win his GOP primary. The Democrats think they'll have a better chance against this John Gibbs in the fall rather than Peter Meyer. Uh, so a bit of a mixed bag there. Also, we're not sure yet in Arizona. Uh, Trump endorsed Kari Lake there for governor. Uh, right now she's leading by about half a point, maybe 0.7% against Karen Taylor Robson. So they're still counting the votes there in Arizona. Uh, Lake endorsed by Trump, Robson endorsed by Mike Pence. 
Yeah, and this is about the only big interest that people nationally would have had in checking this out. Obviously, it's primaries. It's not the general election, so uh, the outcome isn't one party against the other, but it's the people within each party. Right, but the remarkable vote from last night was in Kansas, uh, where that is a very deep red Republican state, and the voters there came out in record numbers for a primary to reject a constitutional amendment that would have let the state legislature decide the issue of abortion. So essentially, Republican voters in Kansas came out in force to maintain choice for women in Kansas. So a pretty remarkable turn of events. Uh, And now this is going to shake up how a lot of other races are planned, really, between now and, what, 97 days until the midterms. Yeah, until November 8th. Uh, no, wait, November 3rd. In fact, oh, which I got that right. Well, right. November, the first Tuesday of November. Hey, this first is. First Tuesday of November. That we agree on. Yeah. Um, one other thing that, uh, Katie put on this sheet here is what can beer sales tell us about the economy? And I know I tell, do my tell part. Me you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good year for Jack, is how we go by the beer sales of the economy. No, actually, we're getting uh, numbers from Molson Coors, your rival. Uh, they uh, they are finding an interesting trend. They're selling more of the cheap stuff, like Keystone Light and Miller High Life, and more of the expensive stuff, uh, Blue Moon and Peroni. But the sales of the middle-of-the-road beers are falling a little bit, so perhaps people are buying the cheaper stuff as as prices are climbing. Hmm, that's interesting. I'll have to... Yeah, so the the folks left in the middle sort of being left behind. I guess I'm the guy in the middle, <laughs> so... With my... Oh, Bud Light. That's, Bud Light. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, the Anbev, uh, the, the uh, Budweiser reported its earnings a few days ago. They're having a couple of issues uh, try, with people pushing back against some of the price increases you may have noticed. Ah, uh, for sure. Well, Rory, we will talk to you tomorrow. And this report brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you with six locations across the Bay Area. So make an appointment at the oncologyinstitute.com. It's 558 on AM Tampa Bay. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you, our diurnal fatwa on ignorance here, known as AM Tampa Bay with uh, Jack Harris and James Berlander this morning. As Katie is feeling a little poorly here, we hope she'll get out of that soon. And meanwhile, first of all, we got three birthdays here we want to pass along. Carlos Valdez, uh, Rico Blanco, who is a radio personality, and the very well-known chief meteorologist at Fox 13, Paul Delegato, having oh, a birthday today. Very nice. Happy birthday, Paul. And who have you got? I've got Kevin William, who actually uh, works uh, here in the iHeartRadio digital department. Oh, okay. So, happy birthday to all of those. 
And now we've got some jokes to pass along here. And we are joined by our very legendary Dave Legaretta <laughs> in studio Dave, today. Yeah, Dave Legaretta is the guy that's in here every morning. He runs the place. He does. He, does he, an he incredible fixes everything. Job. He, yeah, the, the building can't go without him. You better believe it. <laughs> so here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. A man and a woman were seated side by side in a train. And the woman said, every time you smile, I feel like inviting you to my place. And the man smiling, oh, are you single? And the woman said, no, I'm a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) And here we go with another one. Someone said, nothing rhymes with orange. And I said, no, it doesn't. Nothing doesn't rhyme with orange. The word nothing and the word orange. All right, there we go. Um, As I was touring a monastery, I walked through the kitchen and saw a man frying chips. And I asked him, are you the fryer? And he said, no, I'm the chipmunk. (laughs) The chipmunk. Let's see. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) How much time? I got to jump down here. Uh, my wife came home from Walmart complaining about the cashier being such a royal B-word, and I asked her if she'd gone through the self-checkout. <laughs> That's when the fight started. I can see uh, that. Poor Joy. Now, what do you call a horse that moves a lot? I don't know. What is that, Jack? Unstable. <laughs> David's making me laugh. Why do do Egyptian alligators have emotional problems? Because they're in... You know what's coming. You're in denial. You're in denial. Let me me try one joke. What is the tallest building in the entire world? What's that? Tallest building in the entire world? The library, because it has so many stories. No. Okay. <laughs> I know Jack. Jack wins. Well, wait, I got another one. Uh, do you know how you can lose weight if you put bread on top of your head? No, wait, what is this? Did, did you know you can lose weight if you put bread on top of your head? Oh, yeah? It's called a loaf hat diet. A, a, a loaf hat diet. Uh, and finally, I need one of those. How do farmers party with live music? They turn up the beat. <laughs> that, that's all Ben Ritter's fault. <laughs> thank you, Dave Loretta. Thank you for making it worth listening to. It's six ten on AM Tampa Bay, and time for traffic now with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history, August 3rd, this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. In 1492, Christopher Columbus set sail from Palos de la Frontera in Spain. And that's when he discovered America. 1527, the first known letter from North America is sent by John Root while at 
St. John's, Newfoundland. 1678, Robert LaSalle built La Griffon, the first known ship built on the Great Lakes for the Griffin. 1795, the Treaty of Greenville is signed, ending the Northwest Indian War in the Ohio country. 1829, the Treaty of Lewistown is signed by the Shawnee and Seneca peoples, exchanging land in Ohio for land west of the Mississippi River. 1852, Harvard University wins the first boat race between Yale and Harvard, and that race is also known as the first-ever American intercollegiate athletic event in 1852. 1859, the American Dental Association is founded in Niagara Falls, New York. 1900, the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company is founded. 1921, Major League Baseball Commissioner Kenesaw Mountain Landis confirmed the ban of the eight Chicago Black Sox the day after they were acquitted by the Chicago court throwing games for money. 1936, Jesse Owens won the 100-meter dash, defeating Ralph Metcalf at the Berlin Olympics. 1946, Santa Claus Land, the world's first themed amusement park, opened in Santa Claus, Indiana. In 1949, Whitaker Chambers accused Alger Hiss of being a communist and a spy for the Soviet Union. 1949, the Basketball Association of America and the National Basketball League finalized the merger that would create the NBA, the National Basketball Association. In 1958, the world's first nuclear submarine, the USS Nautilus, becomes the first vessel to complete a submerged transit of the geographical North Pole. 1972, the United States Senate ratified the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty. 2004, the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty reopened after being closed since the September 11th attacks. And in 2019, 23 people are killed and 23 injured in a shooting in El Paso, Texas. And locally, 1946, streetcar service in Tampa is discontinued. They, of course, restarted the historic streetcar line back in 2002. And finally, in 1887, the area known as Rotten Row on Franklin Street between Lafayette and Jackson Streets, that would be today between Kennedy and Jackson Streets, is destroyed by fire, a major fire in downtown Tampa. Oh, wow. And that was 1887, known as Rotten Row then. I wonder why they called it that. I don't know. They had a lot of bad things going on there, I guess. But nevertheless, that is our Today in History presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming and be a part of the 
number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now. Join the duo.com. The duo.com. It's 619 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're going to be checking in with our NBC News reporter, Aaron Real, coming up in just a moment. And next half hour, Daniel James Scott, our WFLA tech expert, is going to be on. Uh, and he's going to talk about Wi-Fi probing. Yeah, looking forward to that, seeing how other people can access our information just through our Wi-Fi. Yep, through those phones for sure. Mm-hmm. It's 620 on AM Tampa Bay, and here's John Thomas with track. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 624, we're joined now by... Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And um, Aaron, of course, people are trying to return to the workplace now, and some people still aren't ready for this. And um, a lot are trying to continue working remotely from home. And how's that working out? Yes, it seems like those in the bigger cities are the ones who are less prepared to return. So offices have filled back up the fastest in areas where COVID lockdowns were the shortest and where commutes were done by car. So if you have a mass transit commute, your probability of wanting to return to the office is lower and also being in the office. And and workers in smaller cities, those with populations of under 300,000, the share of paid full days worked from home, that dropped to 27 in the spring that's down from 40 percent in october however the 10 largest u.s cities days work from home shifted to 38 percent down from 50 percent in the same period of this past spring so really it seems like a regional thing as opposed to a particular industry thing and how are we doing in the bay area or in florida florida is seeing more people back in the office that's for sure again it goes back to those those places that saw COVID lockdowns with the least restrictions are seeing more people back in the office. That's for sure. So it also depends on the size of your city. Smaller cities, again, are seeing more people. If you're a mid-sized or smaller city, you're likely to be back in the office as opposed to a very large city. So Florida saw really very limited restrictions when it came to COVID. And as a result, life didn't change nearly as much as it did for large cities on, on the coast. Well, of course, we were all impacted by the uh, COVID and everything, and now we've got the monkeypox, and President Biden has just named top officials from the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to be the White House coordinators to uh, combat this monkeypox outbreak. And what kind of an impact do you think that's going to have? So it kind of is the same thing. So monkeypox isn't um, 
it isn't as easy to catch. It's not as transmissible. However, yes, it is now a massive health concern, particularly in big cities. I think that this will this adds an argument to employ, for employees who don't necessarily want to return to the office. If there is a health concern or a safety concern, you have a better argument when talking to your employer about whether or not you want to return. But a lot of executives, they argue that this zeal of returning to the office, it can kind of build upon itself. So it basically occupants beget more occupants. When workers know they're going to see their teammates, the hassle of having to leave your home is easier to justify. So the more people at the office, the more people want to go in. And it's a it works in reverse, too. Well, let's hope monkeypox isn't going to become the next major problem because, uh, well, as you pointed out, it comes from a different source, close skin-to-skin contact like hugging and cuddling and kissing and uh, and particularly from men who have sex with other men. Uh, so maybe this won't be as widespread. Right, yeah. The the virality of it seems you have to be in close physical contact with someone. Well, let's hope we don't end at close physical contacts, <laughs> men and women for sure, but Aaron Rayal, our NBC News radio reporter, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, James Berlander has our dope of the day today. And who's the dopiest? Well, we have a woman in Illinois. Police received a 911 call this week saying that during a protest at a private business, they say isn't using union labor. A lady just came out and stabbed a rat. After a few minutes of confusion of what had been stabbed, the dispatcher found out it was a 15-foot inflatable rat named Scabby that was stabbed, an inflatable being used by union protesters outside of a funeral home. In uh, news that you couldn't make up if you even tried, Lauren Stab from Stab Funeral Home, the business being protested, had admitted to stabbing the giant inflatable rat and uh, causing what police estimated to be around $5,000 in damage. $5,000 for an inflatable rat? So from Stab Funeral Home, she stabbed an actual inflatable rat. Why were they using an inflatable I, rat? I've never seen one of those or police, heard about police one. Police should be investigating why why a rat outside of, of a funeral home. I mean, maybe smell of the bodies? I don't know. Good Lord. But that's our dope of the day, Lauren Stab up in Illinois. And that is, well, I guess she's going to pay for it. Yeah. Well, she'll, she'll have to, yeah. So, criminal charges are pending. Against stabbing an inflatable rat. Mm-hmm. Hmm. you have any dopes, Jack? Uh, I think you've got another one, don't you? I do, yeah. So, three men are wanted in a $1,900 wig theft in New Jersey. So, police in uh, Gloucester ta- uh, Township, New Jersey, they're asking the public to help them identify three people who went into the Cocoa Beauty Supply. They picked out wigs and then stuffed them in their shirts and then left without paying for them. Please say that the stolen wigs were worth $1,894. The store cameras captured pictures of the three uh, uh, women as they were stuffing wigs down their shirts, which gives police a solid lead for the public to help uh, ID them. So of course, just look for the women with a hairy chest. <laughs> Yes, that would take that. Yeah, that would. 
Hey, by the way, I'm uh, again one of the big stories which uh, we've been following since yesterday is Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan, and I am again flabbergasted that she went on through with it because of the threat from the Chinese. They were trying to put a stop to that, and I'm got nothing but compliments for. Speaker Pelosi for going through with that visit in spite of the threats from the Chinese. Oh, I know. And actually, I just got an alert from the AP. She actually just uh, departed Taiwan uh, about probably about 10, 10 to 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and she's going to be visiting other places in uh, in Asia. Right. China, not among them, of course. But uh, Chinese have no problem with that. But the Chinese still claim that Taiwan is a possession of theirs, and even the White House was saying this in no way shows any more support for the Taiwanese or anything like that. But uh, I got to compliment uh, Speaker Pelosi because I think I would have chickened out oh, yeah. after the threats from the Chinese. It's six forty on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Computer got you all kamboozled? It's the techno babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And if you've got any questions for our tech expert, for Daniel, uh, call James and we'll get them to him right away. But um, this is stuff Katie put down here. Wi-Fi probing exposes smartphone users to tracking and information leaks and is this just more of we have been talking about so many times about people breaking into your phones and getting information and things like that well we're, we're starting to find that people don't even have to break in because our phones are so are so magical i i think over the last couple of weeks we we had a um a slew of uh, of conversation around our phones getting tracked because Tim Hortons up in Canada turns out like a jealous ex. We're tracking everybody and uh, uh, finding out if they were going to different gas stations and buying donuts at different places and oh. tracking them through the app. And it turned out, it's like, well, why does Tim Hortons need to know where I'm at at all times? <laughs> they need to know when I'm at at Tim Hortons, maybe, I guess, to send me a coupon. But why do they need to know where I'm uh, when I'm anywhere else? And why are they tracking so much data? And it got the conversation started, and then researchers started chiming in. And it turns out, uh, for actually quite a while, this research has been going on for five years, that our, our, our magical phones are always trying to connect to connectivity. And a lot of that is Wi-Fi. I mean, typically it's just connecting to the 5G or the 4G or whatever, but it's also pinging networks to see if we can join Wi-Fi. Um, and that was creating a problem. It turns out these researchers in Germany were saying in certain older phones and with certain settings, they were able to take the information that was being pinged out to join the Wi-Fi network. And they were able to say, Oh, here's all the other places you've pinged for Wi-Fi networks, and that is terrifying because it's not necessarily something we can control as human beings. It's like, well, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I ping these other networks, but it turns out 
you know, if I'm standing at a mall and I ping the Wi-Fi network and some hacker is there and they go, well, now I can see the Wi-Fi network you ping the most and I, now I know where you live and I know the Wi-Fi password there. No, that's terrifying because now you can control everything in my house. So these are these are things that, man, I, I would like to control certain things. I can turn off location tracking for a particular app so Tim Hortons isn't following me around. But uh, the <laughs> idea that I could just be pinging a Wi-Fi network just to, just to go into a restaurant and now I'm pinging the Wi-Fi network and now you can get some of this information, that is that is absolutely terrifying. And it's not a feature you necessarily want to turn off. You want your phone looking for Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. And we were talking earlier about what a big deal phones are today. I mean, in the old days, you go to a restaurant, people are sitting around talking. Now they're all on their phones. Or, And I was talking about living on Bayshore in Tampa and seeing people out there jogging and walking and things like that. And now at least half or more of them have those phones out while they're walking and jogging. Well, on Bayshore, it's especially terrifying because you think the drivers are probably looking at their phones. Oh, yeah, they're doing the same <laughs> thing. You don't want anybody hit out there. There's just too many folks running around. Oh, man, I'll say. But it's amazing. And, again, you've talked to us about that. I mean, I've brought it up with you. You know, we'll be driving in the car anyway, and uh, Joy will have the phone out and looking for directions and everything. First, it blows my mind. GPS knows exactly where you are. But we'll be talking about, you know, we ought to go to so-and-so restaurant or whatever, and all of a sudden an ad for it pops up on the phone. And it, it was listening to us and said, oh, we'll give them an ad and tell them where to go. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not going to get any, any better, I guess. But there are a couple of things uh, I wanted to throw out as suggestions. One, yeah, some of the concern is, well, if I update, all of my software, they'll get better at tracking me. Uh, but also in cases like this, like we just discussed, it's it can actually get better. They can better mask the information that you're sending out through the airwaves. So I, I always suggest to people the number one thing that you can do is update that update that phone. Um, you can better then control the situation in which they do track you, so the, the places where you know you're getting tracked. But it also helps guard this particular set of information. Um, we live up by Citrus Park Mall. I'm kind of hoping some of that location data helps find whoever uh, broke into the jewelry store yesterday. Oh, yeah. That could. That very much could. My guess is those criminals are too smart. They probably weren't carrying their phones. <laughs> well, let's hope they weren't. And, uh, well, Daniel, where can people stay in touch with you? At Spark Catalyst. And, uh, honestly, if you call in and talk to James, he's probably going to have an answer for your question already. So, <laughs> At Spark Catalyst. At Spark Catalyst. And, uh, Daniel, look forward to you coming next week. Sounds great. All right. Well, cool. thank you, guys. It is 6.50 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 6.54 on AM Tampa Bay, and we want to urge you to check out our blog here. Um couple of things you want to look at well a video of a florida man robbed at gunpoint in his front yard and it was caught on a security cam 
And then uh, a video of feeding an alligator at the zoo kind of went wrong. Yeah, would you ever try that, Jack? Would you put food in an alligator's mouth? I would not want to be one having to feed the alligator. I've heard so many stories already throughout the years of things like this going wrong. I don't understand why they would still subject you know people to this. Or not subject them to it, but I mean, who would be stupid enough to put their hand anywhere near an alligator? Yeah, especially in the alligator's mouth. You know, one thing, we're going to have to talk about it tomorrow morning, but uh, shark attacks. We've had three shark attacks in Florida in less than a week. And um, fortunately, these are on the East Coast, one up around Jacksonville, one up around Key West, and I've forgotten where the other one is, but... We haven't had that happen here on our West Coast, but we do have sharks in the waters. Oh, yeah. So you've got to be aware of that. Hey, we got the latest gasoline prices from AAA. Uh, the current average in the Tampa Bay area is 386 a gallon, and that's down two cents. This is as of yesterday, 386. That was down two cents. From the day before, and it was down 16 cents from the week before. Um, the week before it was 402, so that was when it dropped below four dollars, and it was down 66 cents from a month ago. Although from a year ago, up 95 cents. A year ago, the average cost of a gallon of gas was two ninety one, and the highest price ever was June thirteenth, and we're down a dollar two from that. So prices are going down, but nothing like what they used to be. I'm still waiting for two fifteen a gallon. That's what I want to pay. It's at. going to be a while. <laughs> you might be an old man before that happens. Oh, I know. And here on Gandy. Uh, all the stations except one were 379, 379. So, um, they're still, they're a little cheaper here on Gandy, except at the mobile station where if you use your credit card, it's 399. If you use cash, 389. And for some reason, people go there instead of, 379 across the street. I know, it's crazy that people pay that 10 cents extra. By the way, I'm looking on GasBuddy.com. Um, the lowest in the entire Tampa Bay area, there's a Circle K on Almerton Road, 4900 Almerton Road. Right now, it looks like regular is going for 347 a gallon. 347. Let's see. And that was updated about 12 hours ago, so hopefully it didn't jump back up. Yeah, and 386 being the average in the bay area so that's great price yeah there's a big spread all throughout tampa bay well i'm gonna go driving over and get me some gas and we'll see you tomorrow morning at five on am tampa bay live it up